Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best books in the X-Men line. I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by the newly freshly married. The freshly married and smoking my lungs coming in on hot on the mic. Uh, <laughs> that's right, everybody. Um, it's been a, a real mixed bag of a couple of weeks since last we spoke to our, our dear <laughs> listeners. Um, as as Nick just pointed out, I got married. Um and then shortly thereafter, uh, my uncle passed away. So uh, this is going to be, a, and then as I just said, I got real high before I got on the mic. So this is going to be it's roller coaster. Yeah, we're gonna buckle up, Buttercups, because this is going to be an episode. I think. Yes. <laughs> so. R.I.P. Uncle. R.I.P. To my uncle Howard. Um, but yeah, guys, today we are going to be talking about just the animated series. We got some very interesting episodes to talk about that I'm actually I'm actually really excited to talk about. Um, I cannot fucking wait to talk about these episodes. Yeah, some of them are a little triggering for things happening in today's world. A little bit, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we get to that, I want to talk about some movie news because there's been a lot of comic book movies lately. Um, I've seen them all, the major ones. Josh has not yet. I don't think you've seen any of the major. Ones. I haven't seen a fucking superhero movie in the theater. Since goddamn the Doctor Strange multiverse of madness movie, Jesus, I know. All right, fair enough. I, I, um, like I just have not found the energy to to get up and go. I did fair, discover it does take a minute. It does take on a minute. my on my birthday. I was gonna go see. I don't even remember what the fuck movie, but I was trying to go see a movie, and I wanted to hit up a local uh, a local cheap ass theater near us and uh. It fucking closed down in between fucking Doctor Strange and now. <laughs> I was like, what? It's gone. It was a real bummer. So You know uh, what? There's a local theater um, not near my house that I've been going to basically my whole life. Oh, no. Is and they closed down? in February. Jesus Christ. Which one? Which one? A Shadowwood. Yeah. Okay. Damn. Crazy, right? Man, streaming is killing the movie theaters. And part of it. Like also, me, people do. People are people- killing it. And people like me who don't go to the movie theaters anymore, despite yeah. proclaiming they love movie theaters, are fucking killing them. But also people, something happened post-COVID where movie theater theater decorum is just ruined. Dude, and decorum people, I, everywhere. Everywhere. But like, like, I'm talking about movie theaters right now. It's hard sometimes. Like, we don't know what kind of audience we have until the movie starts. Because during trailers, people are full-on having conversations still. But I will admit, I'm sick and fucking tired of 30 minute trailers. I'm so I'm sorry. Tired. Not even trailers. Trailers mixed with behind the scenes trailers mixed with just flat out commercials. I am awful. The fact that I have to set aside 45 extra minutes to go to the movie theater for the movie. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I don't. And then chances are I'm going to go see one of these fucking eight hour Marvel movies. And then like, like well, I don't. I, who's got time to spend the entire day at the movie theater for these fucking movies now? <laughs> it, it's a struggle sometimes. But um, particularly, I'll be talking about Guardians 3, um, Flash, and Across the Spider-Verse. I was pretty oh, late. I can't wait. Yeah. yeah, I was pretty late to seeing Across the Spider-Verse just because of life. But I really want to see Flash because I love the Flash as a character in the comics and everything. Dude, we can talk about it when we get there more. But like, so that thing bombed pretty hard, huh? Actually, not as much as people thought it was going to because like the Internet was saying it's going to be like around 50 million. And then I think it got to 66 million, which it was projected to make 70. So like it's a movie, you know, that's, that's... not great. No, not great. But like 
All right, so I'll get into it first. So um, we can't we can't have the Batgirl movie. But this piece of shit was so pivotal to put out. <laughs> well, the Batgirl movie wouldn't make sense without this either because of Keaton. <laughs> does any does it make uh, anyway? Barely. Regale us with your tales of from the movie theater, my friend. So I will say Guardians 3 was absolutely fantastic. I it, it's very emotional. If you're investing in these characters from the first two, yeah, see the third one because James Gunn understands characters. And what I really appreciate is the main villain. As much as I love the sympathetic bad guy where you understand where he's coming from, but he has to make these tough choices. The villain, um, the high evolutionary in this movie, Guardians 3, is a pure piece of garbage. Just terrible, terrible person. And it was kind of refreshing to have a villain you just want to see get punched in the face. And it wasn't like the kind of villain that has no real motivation other than being evil. He has a motivation, but he is a piece of garbage and not likable. And that just, it just felt right. That's good. Yeah. That feels um, right. So I, I gave that one a plus. I, I absolutely love guardians. Um, the flash. I really like the flash. If I had any true criticism, it's some eh, CG and some scenes that are just not good. But story wise, I'd say 70% of the movie is flashpoint. If you've seen, if you've read flashpoint, that's what you're getting from for a good chunk of the movie mixed with a flash origin story kind of which i thought was actually really well done and then the third act is if you're a flash fan you would see where it's going and that was good i really liked flash i gave it a b plus to an a minus personally but it definitely had its flaws i don't think that I don't think the movie itself is why the movie's not doing well. I think there's a lot of reasons it's not doing well. When you have the drama with Ezra Miller, yep. you have the general audience not knowing what this is a prequel or a sequel to because that universe is going away. Yeah. Like that's another thing. But also most people probably have no idea that's even happening, to be fair. I know. But, um, most people are probably like, what it like that's the what thing, is- like, even the movie itself references stuff that happened in Justice League, the Zack Snyder cut. So, like, it's a mix of, I think it's just too many things working against it. And the number one thing, honestly, I think is, lately, these studios packed the movies together. Last week, we had Transformers. Week before that, we had Across the Spider-Verse. Week before that, we had Little Mermaid. Like, the general movie goes It's summertime, baby. It is, but it's not the same anymore. Again, since COVID, people are being more selective of like, am I going to pay for my whole family to see this? Or am I going to oh, wait? I'm, I'm not saying, oh, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I, I am saying like, I know why they're doing it, but they're like, it's it's ridiculous because like they're trying to capture like the summer blockbuster market all at the same time yeah. and trying to make up for the last three fucking years. Yeah. Instead, it's like not gonna work and no fatigue like you said no one no one really goes to the theater anymore unless it's like a compelling reason yeah and like you have these movies that individually i think would do much better if a, in a spread out yearly market but when you pack them all together yeah they're not picking flash right now because they just spent 40 bucks to take the whole family to across the spider-verse i know they just spent last week to send the family to transformers because the kids like those movies and everyone and every in most people to some extent that or at least the primary market of of fandoms will understand <clears throat> that like things like 
the Flash movie, like, eh, it'll be on HBO Max in like four exactly. months. But like things like across the Spider-Verse or whatever, it's like, I don't know where that goes anymore, honestly. So honestly, like maybe I, uh Disney Plus is getting them now. If you Who go is? on Disney Plus now, they have they have the Edward Norton Hulk and they have most of the Spider-Man movies on there now. But do they have the Spider-Verse one yet? I don't think they do, no. See, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't I don't know where that goes. Like, yeah. Um other than like stars. <laughs> like, yeah, probably stars. Um, but yeah, so I think that's a big factor in it. And then finally, literally last night, I watched Across the Spider-Verse, and I am so fucking happy it's you know, such a good movie with where this is still a, an audio podcast we're not doing yeah. video yet but i do want the audience at home to know that nick is wearing <laughs> a spider-man shirt right now as he does this that's right because and i and i don't want to alarm anyone he's a big fucking nerd so <laughs> <laughs> yes go, go on uh yeah the movie i still think the first one's a better full movie but I'll warn everyone right now, this is not a spoiler. This is a part one movie. This ends on a cliffhanger. Uh, so, like, it's hard to judge it mm, before you've read, finished the whole story. It's you know? an empire. It's an empire situation, huh? Yeah. So, like, but by itself, it is a very good movie. And I will say there's a lot more Gwen than you would think. She's basically a co-lead, and it's very cool. And the first movie had one art style for Miles' world, but this movie has legitimately like for long periods of time has like four art styles and they crazy. all work nice like if you love the artwork in gwen's comic when she first debuted for those first like three trades that's the art in her universe with like dripping paint and stuff like oh that. nice cool gorgeous and there's so much care and detail and so much meta commentary that i'm still thinking of and it's kind of ironic because i feel like miles might end up having a better trilogy than any other spider-man I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me in the slightest. It, I, I actually I put on my Facebook today that if there's a if the third movie is anywhere near as good as these last two movies, that's the best Spider-Man trilogy. Like it's, it's crazy. already I mean, the first one is already one of if not the best Spider-Man movie. So it's funny today. I was actually about to post like a ranking of all my Spider-Man universe movies. Like again, audience, big fucking nerd, big fucking nerd. Yeah, big fucking nerd. And I'm having trouble. Give us that big fucking nerd energy. Come on. <laughs> I'm, I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble that like those top three because like No Way Home is really great. You know, No Way Home is sure. great. Sure. Spider-Verse is great. Spider-Man 1 with Tobey Maguire is great. Spider-Man 2 is even better. Like, you know, it's it's getting to those kind of things. And then you have those um Sony. I don't get how Sony can make into the Spider-Verse and then make what we saw a trailer for today or yesterday, Craven the Hunter. Oh, a trailer? Can I, I missed that. You missed it? I missed this. I kind of want to send it to you and then come back <laughs> just All to right, hear your reaction. I want to turn on a light behind me, so let's do that. I'm saying it to you, we're going to pause and come back and get his live reaction to Craven the Hunter. And we're back. Uh, Josh, what is your reaction to the Craven the Hunter trailer? Um, The classic vigilante hero. Yeah, first of all, vigilante um to to paraphrase myself from mere moments ago he's the hero of this movie like, um yeah this yeah, movie yes, is yes is like the trailer like where are they going to air that trailer the, the trailer is three minutes of murder <laughs> yeah which i will admit a part of me does love that like that john wick fan is like yeah just murder a room of people and Dude, he's just he 
the number of headshots in that goddamn trailer alone. <laughs> like what? Or when he shit? threw a bear trap at a guy's head. <laughs> he bear trapped a man to death. Yeah, bit a man's nose he or something. Bit a man's else? nose and like face almost completely off. So a and few then things. spat that at the camera. <laughs> yeah, a few things <laughs> other than questions. Okay. Why does um his father so, um who is it uh Russell Crowe? Yes. Why does he seem to act like Craven the Hunter in the comics, and then his son gets powers from some sort of mystical no lion no it's a spider-man movie it's a radioactive lion the radioactive lion now in the comics if i remember correctly uh, a woman made a serum to make him a better hunter and the serum slowly drove him crazy yes and then that man wanted to hunt the best prey which was spider-man yes i i don't recall how he got like uh preternatural fucking like senses i don't recall yeah. that but like yeah. or having I, lion eyes no and no. also i'm sure it was just like before that it was like he was the apex hunter that's all like he was just the best yeah um this movie wow this movie yeah. looks insane like it does look because it's radar not trying to peel it back it does look fun to a degree i i'll tell you what i it like you said the john wick like yeah it looks like just a wild ass weird john wick movie that's somehow gonna try to force itself to be in the spider-man universe there was a and scene get, with a bunch of hanging spiders like that comic panel but like um what is this built like why are they still doing this like no clue what are they are they building to something because like i don't doesn't disney just have spider-man now or like what's up no disney Sony owns the rights to everything Spider-Man movie. Still, wise. okay, yeah, still, and they're not giving them back because they are still making money. They get a portion of the cut from every Spider-Man movie Marvel makes. Into the Spider-Verse is doing great. Like, I think this one's close to a billion. Like, it's making crazy money. And then you have their other movies. Like, even though I do not like the other villain movies, like Venom and stuff like that, they do make money. I think Morbius bombed. But well, that's because you cast Jared Leto. That's another problem. But also, like, I bet any other actor it? would have been able to like maybe get salvage that movie a little bit. Did you ever watch it? No, the trailers look fucking ridiculous, dude. It is the most paint by numbers early two thousand dumb fucking movie. Like I watched the entire thing and forgot most of it right after, yeah. just gone. And then um. Venom 1, I remember just being disappointed in general. I just wanted it to be better movie. And Venom 2 sucked. Like, Venom 2 is a very bad movie. So, I don't know. I don't know what they're and playing. I will and the say, next movie, the thing but... about Venom, though, as being like an anti-hero movie versus Craven is like, Eddie Brock isn't the one actually doing the killing. It's Venom. It's you know a little I mean? symbiote attached to him. Yeah. Yeah. His little psychopath alien friend. So we're like we can kind of disassociate from it because it's a monster, but Craven is just a really buff man running around murdering people as though he's John Wick. Like, but I guess his cause is noble. It doesn't seem like it necessarily. Well, are they trying to do a thing where every villain meets a radioactive version of that animal? Because in Morbius. He does something to mix with like bat DNA, which is what happens more or less. But like, if they said, you know what, 
let's because we see a, a quick teaser at the right now, and it seems like he injects something, and his body is physically transforming. He's not a big guy in a rhino suit. He is physically transforming. So I feel like someone's like, let's just make everyone somehow in touch with a radioactive animal. Like they they scrapped the Andrew Garfield movie. Yeah. But they're still seemingly building to that Sinister Six shit. Sure. Like, you'd have to tell like me my... that these characters are going to meet up just to fight a character they don't know exists. I want nothing more than Sony makes surprise an Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie and they're just like this is we've set the fact that there's multiple universes now like this is just this is but the Andrew Garfield universe like it's it's really weird and because you don't seen Morbius um the end credit scene is embarrassingly bad where it's um it's a vulture who randomly gets sucked into Morbius's universe and then he tells Morbius I think there's something to do with Spider-Man and guys like us need to team up there's zero context for the character of Morbius because he's never heard of Spider-Man. And then Vulture has no reason to think this has anything to do with Spider-Man. And then, like, you can tell the two actors, well, one actor wasn't even Michael Keaton. It was him in his suit with a voiceover of Michael Keaton. And the other actor, Jared Leto, was, like, not in the same room or in the same scene. He just goes, he gets out of his fancy car and goes, interesting. That's it. <laughs> like that's how they're building this and don't forget we still have they have fully filmed this mysterious madam web movie which allegedly is about a young madam web and two other spider women trying to save a baby peter parker or no save a pregnant uh may parker not not may whatever his parents name were whatever i can't remember now yeah but like trying to save it's a terminator story basically yes and it's so weird that these movies are getting made. But then the it's animated like, movies are fantastic. <laughs> it's like the animated movies are doing this crazy, like modern shit. But then the live action ones are basically like, what if we just made a bunch of movies that look like they were from the early 2000s based on plots that sound like they were from the 90s Spider-Man yeah. universe? Like, what is this shit? So that's fun. And this is all coming around to X-Men because is it? it okay. Yes. It does seem like um Deadpool 3 might kind of be like a celebration of Fox X-Men. There's been a lot of rumors going around. Like there was rumors that there's gonna be a bunch of variants of Wolverine we're gonna see in this movie, which is Ugh. fine. It's Wolverine, you can make toys, Ugh. whatever. But Ugh. apparently people are saying they've seen Halle Berry and James Marster Marsters, Masters. I don't remember. Yeah, Cyclops. They've seen all these actors on set. So it seems like this is going to be like the rumors are it's a big celebration of these characters before you say goodbye to them, basically. Does that so, include like, I wonder if that includes first class people. That might be too much, <laughs> to be honest. Like, like maybe a reference or a look at it might try and explain why the timeline was all fucked up. Because I know right. time is a big plot point and mm -hmm. um Morbius, not Morbius, Mobius Mobius? Owen Wilson's character. Oh yeah. Um, Loki. Uh, Mobius. 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 I know he's a part of this too. So maybe it's like Deadpool's the reason time was always never made sense or continuity never made sense in the X-Men universe or something stupid like that. Could be. Could be. Anyway, guys, let's go. Actually, first, uh Josh, did you want to say thank you to a wonderful fan? 
I did. We received an email. I believe your name was Steven, but I'm going to double check that because Justin, I'm sorry. Uh, Justin sent us a, a lovely email and um, I just, yeah, thank you for doing that. And if you want to reach out to us, I'm going to go ahead and give the email address now. So we have an email address. It's Krakoa radio at gmail.com. You can uh, let us know what you think of whatever the fuck is going on with the Spider-Man universe. Yeah. Um, also, if you know, if you think we should make another podcast about Spider-Man, go for it. Um, Man, you know, we're not going to do that. Show, show us your support first. You know, we can only handle one podcast at a time. We've tried. That is also true. We've tried. Um, so also before we get to the animated series, I guess we'll find out context later, but Emma Frost might be marrying Tony Stark. Yes. Last night as, or as we're recording this last night. They started releasing some like teasers of you're cordially invited to the wedding of Emma Frost and Tony Stark. And it's like, wait, what now? I'm sure it'll be very business based. Oh, 100%. It's like to get him like Krakoan diplomat rights or whatever, or fucking access to the goddamn resurrection protocol. I don't fucking know. Something like that. I mean, we do know that um, Orcus in the comics right now, that Orcus is using tony stark iron man technology to make sentinels so perhaps that's somehow why they're coming together to get more control over this tech because that not venom uh carnage has also fused with stark tech to become something else and now he's fighting miles morales i'm like can you um keep track of your shit for a second <laughs> tony tony i'm begging you tony also the funniest thing in um in the poster for the wedding is in the deep corner you see miss marvel what you mean yeah she's she's, she's still shrunken dead? yeah she's shrunken on someone's shoulder so um okay cool we'll see what that means was she hanging out with mutants no it was a bunch of superheroes in the cover it was okay. different superheroes yeah all right so yeah i still think i'm right i still think she's coming back as a fucking mutant like that's the only thing that makes sense it fucking ties in with the mar the disney shit i'm tapping out on the zeb wells run for now personally of oh oh for spidey yeah i don't as much as i usually like zeb wells it's not working for me yeah i'm i'm still it shouldn't take two years it shouldn't take two years to explain to me what happened in the past that you teased in the first issue yeah that's ridiculous. If I'm you start- want a good Spidey book right now, Miles Morales' book is actually very good. Is it good? Right, it's really good. Up. The art's fantastic. The story is good. He's having a great fight with Carnage right now. It's really good. I feel who's 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 doing Miles right now? I don't. You know. don't. Know? It's fine. It's fine. We don't need. I was just wondering. Yeah, I don't know because I'm not. I'm not super enjoying the books. I'm super far behind. Speaking of though, I'm I'm at issue 100 for Nightwing, so I'm catching up. I'm catching nice. up. Nightwing's fantastic. Nightwing is so good. Oh my it's god, it's so heartwarming, so good. It's it's at least my top three right now it's, for comics. It's it, honestly, it is my favorite book. Yeah. Like even though I'm behind on it, it's only because I'm trying to keep up with X Men for the sake of this podcast and just <laughs> my obsession with the X Men. But like, yeah. I truly enjoy those Nightwing books. Yeah, I, I burned like I was trying to catch up. And I really burned through, but they're so easy to burn through. I I hope when his when his run is over, we get like a big like hardback of it or something. 
same and now it's, i'm th- sure it's gonna link up with titans titans is uh i got the first two issues right now i'm so excited to get into it. like because it's him right it's yeah, he's, same tom writer. taylor's writing that right yeah right it's tom taylor right yeah yeah okay uh yeah i like as i was approaching 100 and like anytime like the flash or or starfire or anybody comes in i'm like i am so fucking ready for this titans reunion <laughs> yeah you'll see very clearly where to start the titans book yeah all right, so today we are covering three episodes of the animated series. Now, it's only three, also why we were talking so long, but uh, it's only three because the last two episodes are two-parter, and we're going to say that for next week where we mix it with some comic stuff. But today we are covering episode 9, 10, and 11, starting with episode 9, A Rogue's Tale. Take it away, Josh. Oh, you want me to go? Okay. So It's a rogue, it's a rogue story. I assume it's a rogue story. Of course I got to do it. Yeah. Um Okay, so real quick, this is basically just a real bastardized, but weirdly close for some, like, given given choices they make in the next two episodes concerning, like, continuity with the comics, the fact that they even bother to try to make Rogue's origin story tie in with Miss Marvel at all with Carol Danvers at all is, is shocking to me. I'm like, wild. This makes no sense. You're coming out of left field. And that's how this fucking, this fucking coverage is going to be, because there's no way I'm putting this in chronological order. It, yeah, it jumps around to quite all these episodes. Actually, the beast one's pretty straightforward, but beast one is the most straightforward one we have. And honestly, probably one of my favorites so far. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, But like this one and episode 11 all over the place that shit uh in the best way possible yes um and so like i said this is a rogue origin story rogue is just going straight insane throughout this episode she sees some lady who we later learn is carol danvers but it's really mystique pretending to be carol danvers to slowly drive rogue insane we learn that professor x has been suppressing parts of rogue's memory <laughs> oh his classic move i can't her, fix them i'm just gonna suppress the memory her per her request too and since yeah he, in fairness it was at least yeah <laughs> and so he's down in the savage land right now being of no use to anybody and fucking now she's having like a complete mental breakdown and my first fucking note for this episode is and i quote jesus christ no one screams like rogue it's there a are, guttural, like terrifying scream. There are the screams are just like like shocking, like to the core of like that is some emoting that she is doing. For Can I tell people. you my first note? Yes, please do. Um, I want to my, my my first note is wait. So if Mystique can change into things that are real and that she's seen, what the fuck is that thing she turned into when that guy tried to steal her umbrella? Right. What was that? What has she? I know she's seen the, quite a few things. She's seen some shit, yes. But unless like, the, unless she saw that in a movie or some shit, like, does it work like that? I don't know. It's the cartoon <laughs> world, and yes. nothing makes sense. But then also in the so in the opening scene, Mystique is going through the rain to meet Mrs. Sinister. This might have been the first time I've ever seen Mrs. Sinister. Terrifying, echoey <laughs> voice, sharp teeth. For some reason, controls lighting. And the door opening and closing. Well, he was. We did see him already in the cartoon. He was. 
But I'm saying growing up, this might have been the first time. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like this was very, it brought like a lot of memories flashback when I saw the opening scene. He is terrifying. Yeah. Because again, this is a period in comics where like we don't really know much about Mr. Sinister. Yeah. Other than he's evil. Yeah. And so like the comics are like, I mean, the cartoon is like, all right, we're a kid show. We distill this shit down. Pure evil. And that is terrifying. And it makes a lot of sense though, because, okay, now I'm going to go on a little tangent. Because Chris Claremont, when he created Mr. Sinister as part of the Inferno saga to do some cleanup on on retconning, his original uh, intent for Mr. Sinister was that he was the projection of a little mutant boy who like was thinking like thinking of the most terrifying, scary creature there was. And that's how he got Mr. Sinister. And to that to that extent, Gambit was also supposed to be a projection as like the the hero like of like the Robin Hood type hero of like fairy tales and shit. Wait, Gambit was supposed to be fake? Yeah, yeah. But because yeah. Be, this was like toward the end of his run, yeah, and so he didn't get to do any of that. And uh, thank God. And Jim Lee and the rest of the crew took it in the directions they eventually took it in. Uh, sometimes it's good when you have other creators. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> to stop. It would have been quite a twist, but also would have made it. It would have been confusing. insane. But yeah, it would I am I am glad that Gambit and Mr. Sinister are real existing characters in the Especially universe. with the stuff you know about Gambit's history. Then all that has to change. <laughs> no, it was all just make believe. <laughs> wild wild anyway anyway i'm sorry continue okay so um anyway she's going she's going batshit crazy she's looking for gene to help her gene's not really around she's still going crazy gene comes around tries to help her she won't accept her help she flies out of the mansion just straight up (laughs) and bursts a hole through every floor and through everybody's room. She goes through Jubilee's room. She goes through fucking, I forget who else. She goes through the attic where Storm lives with her plants. And then she fucking bursts out of the mansion. So she just puts at least six holes through this fucking mansion. Right through. And then lands and starts giving giving Wolverine shit as he's cutting logs. And then she goes and she slams her fist down on a log or like a a tree stump and it explodes literal explosion like it kabooms yeah it's insane is that (laughs) you are you looking at the scene right now so i usually have it playing while we're talking about and that scene literally just happened (laughs) i love it i love it also like in that scene i had a little quick note because she flies through and cyclops goes uh gene get storm to follow her i'm like Get her to do it. She's right fucking there. Ask her. Just yell. Just be like, literally right there. (laughs) Hey, you can hit me now because there's seven holes in the fucking floor. (laughs) She did that. Why don't you? And Storm's just going to look back and be like, you don't have to tell me. I'm already doing it because she just flew through the fucking house. Of course, I'm going to go see what's wrong with my friend. Like yeah. Cyclops is down there giving team orders. Like Storm is like, that's my fucking friend. I'm good. I'm good. I got it. Don't worry. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it, it was pretty wild. And on top of that, like all the imagery of stuff in her head and like the way when she yells and then Miss Marvel's face changes to like that green goblin shit. 
that's crazy shit man like just a fever dream a Dude. pure fever dream. It was this the episode is she yeah, she's having a pure psychic Alfred Hitchcock <laughs> breakdown <laughs> and it's insane. Um and so yeah, she uh she fucking takes off. Mystique is I don't really remember why she goes to Mr. Sinister, but basically she's like Mr. Sinister right. told her that um that Xavier. Oh, Xa- that's right. Xavier's gone, so he she can psychically she can fucking she, her her yeah. Rogue is psychically weak right now, so um she goes and she's fucking around with with Rogue. She's got her brotherhood. She's got Blob and Pyro and Avalanche causing causing havoc. Yeah, literally putting putting the X symbol in fire up in the sky so the X Men know where to come fight them. You know, casual things. And so they're basically just causing a clear. Diversion, and the X Men fall for it, and Mystique uses this opportunity twice. to get yeah exactly twice to get inside Rogue's head, and she starts losing her mind, and she's all basically trying to lead Rogue to the hospital where Carol Danvers is. We learn through Rogue's psychic breakdown that <laughs> um, Mystique was like a mother to her when she put her first boyfriend in a coma after after smooching um then her dad was like you're an evil slut and a mutant and <laughs> get out of my house and so then she had nowhere to turn and as we know in the comic book world uh destiny and and mystique took her in uh in this episode uh mystique does so in a human form that looks shockingly like destiny <laughs> um and so as basically she's an old older woman who looks a lot like fucking Irene. But anyway, um, so she raises her, bro calls her mama. They go on a bunch of like crime sprees, and really it was all Mystique was all leading to Rogue sucking the power out of Carol Danvers so that Miss Marvel can't stop them anymore, I think. Yeah, it seemed like the freedom fighters versus Miss Marvel for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Yeah, not sure what the battle was, but Over, in this yeah. universe, but again, this is a thing not like this, but Rogue does get the powers of Captain Marvel and because of those powers and how long Rogue touched her, she's been forever like her psyche went like that whole thing of like Carol Danvers psyche being her brain, that was all part that was all real. That all yeah. that shit happened. Now, but, like, it's funny because not I like don't... any of that. Yeah, not any of that. <laughs> I do wonder, like, it might be... I don't know what's going to happen, obviously, in the Marvels movie or in Secret Invasion, which does come out this week, which is kind of crazy. Um, but oh, shit, I, it comes out tomorrow as we're recording this. Yeah. Um, but also, I this could be a good out for them because Captain Marvel in the MCU is so powerful. It would make sense if they... When they bring in mutants, they bring in Rogue, takes a lot of her power away. She's a weaker character. Mm-hmm. Which is what happened. Which, and then she went on... To become binary after yeah. she got like a different set of cosmic powers yeah because cosmic stuff who cares it, it, just wave your hand at it it's jack kirby yeah. cosmic shit it's fine yeah that, that's um <laughs> and so basically the episode is rogue coming to terms with her mother being manipulative and what she did to carol danvers and they have as one does they have a psychic battle for the body of for the, the host body of rogue Jean, as she does, goes inside her brain and, and fucks around. And she ha- helps Rogue try to 
win over the battle of of the minds, if you will, and is quick to explain. Listen, if either one of you die, you die. Like you, this is dumb. What are you guys <laughs> doing it. here? Um, um, I do like the part where they're fighting, where the Brotherhood are fighting the X Men outside, and they can't beat Blob, and then Storm just makes a tornado and then shoves them into a building. Yeah, just a fucking random building. Yeah. Um, at one point, Blob is eating some ice cream, and Storm flies in, and he's like, "No, you can't have any!" And he hurls a fucking thing of ice cream at her, and it almost knocks her unconscious. Yeah. Storm. Yeah. The you anyway. know the classically invulnerable person. But just a classically tough person. Like he's not going to get knocked out by a fucking thing of ice cream. <laughs> anyway, um, she would have like winded that shit away. You know, what I mean? lightning struck it and just like overpowered. Get the fuck out of here with this nonsense. <laughs> um, she would say to Blob what Halle Berry once said, which nope, is, "Nope, no, we're not doing this. We're not. No, nope, we're not doing nope, it. Okay, we're not do that. Nope." nope. Um, <laughs> the same thing that happens to every ice cream. <laughs> Anyway, um, so yeah, they're fighting the Brotherhood. Uh, Mystique is trying to win Rogue back by showing her the damage that she did. I, don't, I guess the trauma she put her yeah, through. She's like, "Look at the trauma I made you do. Come live with me." I'm like, wait, what? No. And so Rogue does just that. She's like, "Get the fuck out of here! You're not my mom. I don't love you anymore. I love Storm now." And they and they fly away together. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's the end of the story. Well, at the very end, she goes back to the hospital and like the nurse is like, you know this lady? Because she's been Jane Doe in the hospital. Oh, that's, like, oh, yeah. that's right. She goes back to the hospital wearing a, a normal, like a normal, like like sleeveless shirt and some jeans. And, Ro- and Gambit's like, oh, I wish you would dress up for me sometime. It's like, what the fuck, man? She's just wearing random clothes. You fucking <laughs> calm down, you horn dog. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Love him, though. Love him to yeah. death. Um. And she basically tells him, she's like, yeah, sure, maybe. Play your cards yep. right, playboy. You're like, yeah. I love it. I love those two so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, she goes and she basically like kisses Carol Danvers on the head and I guess gives enough of her psyche back and like uh, Miss Marvel starts waking up at the end. Yeah, it's implied she's going to wake up. Yeah. Like they shoved so much, but also it was so simplistic at the same time. It's weird. Insane. Insane what they get away with. Yeah. So um how many how many yelling rogues do you give that episode? I give it <laughs> I give it three guttural rogues. <laughs> uh I, I, I give it um yeah, three. Three guttural guttural rogues are pretty good. Um really so good. next up we have Beauty and the Beast. That's the episode's called. Episode ten of season two. Um this might be one of my favorite episodes we've watched so far but also the most triggering from today's world. This episode could not be made today. No, no. They call this, political woke. This would whatever. be this would banned be at a library. Too ob- upsetting to Nazis. And so we couldn't, we, we couldn't call them bigots. We couldn't, they can't wear these. You can't call them bigots and they wear in these armbands. That's, that's not that's not fair. I that's was fair. shocked how many times they said bigots. I'm like, would that have been allowed even back then? Yeah, it was because that was the message we at least pretended to teach children. Yeah, we seem to we used to be okay with calling racist racist. <laughs> so um yeah, so the episode starts off with Beast 
and he apparently now he works at a hospital for the blind. <laughs> we've we've never heard about this hospital before. Um, they're going the the Ben Grimm route where he has a patient that he's falling for. Very unethical, by the way. I will, and you know what else is unethical and unhygienic mm. is Beast in this laboratory. He's got a lab coat on, but it's just open. He's got no other shirt on over his fur. He's got no cap on. He's got no fucking pants on. <laughs> he's just wearing underwear. You know, she can't see it, <laughs> but. His hair, like he's looking in this microscope. Oh, what's that? Oh, it's one of my fucking hairs. Let me get that out of the way. <laughs> like, it's what the fuck? This is impractical. It's impractical. Yeah. Um, so we have Beast, he's doing this, but people are pissed off that mutants working at the hospital, including the father of the main patient that he's falling for. And then all of a sudden, these racist assholes, and again, I swear, if this name wasn't already taken, they would use this name today. The friends of humanity. It sounds so nice. Hey, Isn't they're it? just helping humanity, you know, just protecting humanity. Um, so these guys in berets and tight shirts and things on their on their um, in literal fo- Nazi armbands. And again, yeah. the friends of humanity, you know, exist within the Marvel universe, and their logo has always been that eagle, which is made to look like the fucking Nazi eagle. Like exactly. Um, I I was like, wow, look at that, you know, protesting because one person's there. And now the hospital beast works at feels the hospital's not safe anymore, so they have to fire him. That's, that's fucking crazy. That's fucking spot on, man. Yeah. It's and I will, sad and spot on. And I will say, I don't like not I don't know how much he had to do with like story direction, from what I understand, a lot, but like the main producer of the show was I think one of, if not the only, uh, like black black men working in animation at the time, really. Mm-hmm. Like, so the X Men had kind of that, at least viewpoint going on, maybe like where others weren't. Because like, I don't remember any other cartoon being this. And again, I don't remember this episode either. So maybe, yeah, maybe if we went back and watched a bunch of cartoons from we the just 90s, didn't notice it because they would all be like, yeah. racism is bad. <laughs> oh, there's an episode of Static Shock people need to watch. That's well, that very was like, yeah. And that was like the that was pretty yeah. That was pretty late nineties, wasn't it? Like early two thousands. Early two, probably two thousand. Yeah. yeah, but there's a whole episode about racism with. There's static no way. Shock. Yeah, there's no way. Oh god, imagine even trying to make Static Shock today. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Um, so after the friends humanity attack the building and start basically protesting and yelling, the father of the patient is like, yeah, I don't want a dirty mutant helping my daughter. And the doctor's like, dude, he's like going to cure her blindness. You really care? Like, yeah, I really care. And the woman's like, Hank, what's going on? Uh, no, I, I really like you. You should stay here. And he's like, oh, I can't. And it was really sweet. Cause she's like, I want you to be the first thing I saw, you know? Yeah. And um, I'm like, that is really sweet. And also later, Hank is like, you knew I was a mutant. She can still feel. <laughs> she can still feel your hairy fucking hands. Your giant body. Your hairy Your giant body. When you growl at people. And she can still smell. And no offense, dude, Hank, but like, you're furry. Like, <laughs> you probably smell a little different than other people. <laughs> probably. But there's so many great Hank McCoy lines about like there's something when he grabbed two of the bad guys and like slammed together and it's something about ignorance oh my god yeah he was like i'm i apologize that like something about the modern 20th century has 
disassociated you from whatever like he would like just it like was deep it was kind it of was deep like thing. it's like it was like a one line about like basically how most young disaffected white men turn to fucking skinheads like it was like oh, okay crazy like that that is the best beast he's not going evil mad scientist yet this is that's prime beast right because here. this was the beast that existed before dark beast yeah basically so in the meantime wolverine is pissed he just wants to fuck up some races which you know good you know what this was wolverine's best fucking episode by the way honestly yeah you understood him the most in this one so wolverine's little side quest basically is that he's going to infiltrate the building that most of these guys are hanging out in puts on a cap and i like to think he just stole cyclops sunglasses because fuck oh, him, basically. One hundred percent, he stole Cyclops' right? sunglasses. He started just beating himself up in the in the alleyway, and it's like mutants did it, and like get in here, brother. Um, and when they're bringing him in, you should cue this up on your fucking television screen. There, mm-hmm. when they're bringing him into the fucking, it's honestly funny. Oh, I'm at that scene. I'm <laughs> he fucking he fucking wings at the camera like, hey, yep, got, <laughs> got him. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> He did a quick freeze frame wink at the camera. Like, yes, we know you're playing. <laughs> like, it's very, maybe someone was like, you have to put that in because we don't want kids to think Wolverine's cool for joining a neo-Nazi group. Maybe, yeah. That's that's the only thing. But we know, we noticed that immediately. It was hilarious. Was so fucking insane. Like, they drew, they took the time to draw this freeze frame turn to the camera nonsense. Yeah. I can, we, see, yeah, we just saw like, I can see. I can see the audience weird, member quick... reacting to it now. Yeah, it's so great. Um, so afterwards, Hank kind of comes back and he's like, "Hey, how's everything going? Everything good? Just want to make sure we're all good." And again, we have some really weirdly true moments when the dad is like, "Hey, you know, just just making sure everything's good." Why is that dirty mutant in this building? And it's like, "Yo, check it out. Your daughter's healed." She can see she's happy. Like, I don't give a shit. There's a dirty mutant here. Yeah. And then the and... frenzy manny attack. And we're talking about rogue scream. Beast anger comes oh, yeah. through when he gets oh, yeah. like feral. It is so good. I love his voice acting when he gets like just fed up and pissed off. Yeah, like, it's pretty yeah. good. He, that guy does a good, a good growl. Yeah. Like common collective speaking nicely and then just like who fucked with her i'm pissed off now like and the fact that this wouldn't have happened if your bigoted ass wasn't here and again using the word bigot plenty 100 <laughs> percent. also so, can we talk about how incredibly fast and stealthy the friends of humanity are that they went into <laughs> really that really fast <laughs> and got out of that room knocked everyone out in that room <laughs> while beast who has some heightened senses yeah while beast and fucking the dad were not even two feet away from the fucking door yeah like that's insane they very, were very they efficient were ninja level yeah fucking shit very impressive. i refuse to believe those fucking skinheads have that kind of fucking skill uh jess was saying the secret mutants in the group <laughs> yeah clearly yeah they they yeah. fucking bamfed their way in there <laughs> So in the meantime, Wolverine's having a weird uh, interview session with uh, <laughs> yeah, he's like with on the, the leader. Like they didn't want to draw another fucking room, so they yeah. just they were like, "We have the stage, so let's just use the stage." 
basically. Um, also, so like when they're being interviewed, Wolverine's like Creed. I knew a guy named Creed, and he kind of tricks him into telling him, "He's like, oh, we weren't from there. We're from Canada." He's like, "Yeah, yeah." And I guess at that time we didn't, as the viewer, we didn't know um, Sabretooth's real name. No, we did. We did. We did. Know make, I guess they want to make sure. Hey, kids! Last season when you met that hairy guy, yeah, that's his. You know, or I always took it reverse though. I always took it that he was the father. That the one in the. Yeah, it's different. In, it's slightly different in the comics. And I in don't the remember. comics, he's his father, right? I think so. I'm pretty sure he's supposed. Pretty to be. sure. I can't remember some of it. it. Also, his name's Victor Creed, and in this, he's like Grayson Creed or some shit like that. So. Yeah. So, you know, taking liberties, but also with a guy who's like as old as Wolverine. Yeah, he would have kids. Yeah. So, yeah. So in the meantime, um, the frenzy man, he kidnapped a woman because she was healed by a mutant for some reason. Yeah. Cyclops is like, hey, we think they're at this theater. Can you get there? He's like, yeah, I'm already here. In the meantime, can you please bring Cerebro and the projection machine that we've always used? In the fucking portable cerebro and the video file or video disc or something like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Haven't we seen this and every then, episode? And then when they do show up and Jubilee is like loading that thing like it's a fucking bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a. Uh... That's one way to do it. I so anyway, legitimately thought for a second because I forgot he said that about the stupid projector because I it's just like it was so ridiculous in my brain <laughs> that like when I first saw fucking Jubilee, I'm like, does Jubilee have like a giant gun? What is that? <laughs> so when all the X-Men get to the theater where all the bigots are hanging out, um, they get into a big fight and Wolverine just like, hey, hey, you know, chill for a second. Check out this little quick bit. And it's a projection of Sabretooth and it says his whole history and it says his real name and this guy just just has like this weird manic flashback and just like, shooting at a clear hologram like no I'm not like him no he, <laughs> like... Is he just like screams at the end of that scene like at least five straight times you're not my father you're not my father you're like granted my... yeah if Sabretooth's your dad he probably didn't treat you great but no, like... i'm gonna yeah i i i kind of yeah i i kind of get maybe hating all mutants if Sabretooth was your fucking right. <laughs> like... actually giving me a little bit of reason to be sympathetic but yeah he had a Full manic breakdown. He to see. broke down. Also, like I, they must have sold toys of Jubilee with that goddamn thing. That had to be why they. Oh made yeah, it, I'm sure. Right, like as someone who watches a lot of shows that sell toys, this season in particular, there's quite a few things that are made to sell toys. Like the okay. random jet they use the one episode. Yeah, stuff like that. Like you know, that's selling a toy for sure. But um, it it, it was really cool because. This whole episode showing Beast as a character in a different light. Like there's scenes where he's looking at an old photo book of how he used to look and stuff like that, which is really nice. And basically at the end of this whole thing, they Beast saves the girl and then he's kind of like, this is my life. And as long as this is my life, you probably can't be part of it. Like it's not safe for you. The classic superhero trope, really. Beast doesn't like, even give her a fucking say in it. He's like, not really. No, I know it's best for you. It's best if you go live with your bigot dad. Look, we'll shake hands. He's cool now. 
it's a start as he puts it shaking hands with him but um yeah no i really liked this episode like it was straightforward they didn't pack too much like i said it's kind of sad how relatable this episode is today like it's scary how relatable this episode is today mm-hmm. and um yeah i i give it uh i give it four and a half freak out from victor creed i'll give it a solid four woke fox kids <laughs> yeah that's good um so next up we have episode 11 mojo vision now dude. <laughs> dude speaking of 90s flashbacks holy shit i feel like we're gonna team up on this one yeah um, i think we should especially yeah. since you got it in front of you so this speaking of shoving a lot of things at you <laughs> um oh my god all right, so let's just start right from the top. This opens up with basically a commercial for a long shot show in this Mojo Verse universe. Um, First time children are meeting Long Shot and his yeah. gorgeous, his gorgeous hair. Lady Baltimore, not a fan of his hair. No. Lady Baltimore, in this matter, is incorrect. His hair is gorgeous. <laughs> also, in this commercial, there's a very quick flash, and I think this is the second time this has happened. A very quick flash of Psylocke. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it happened in that prison breakup. Which I will say, which was a nice, a nice thing here in this episode because in the in the in the late eighties when we got our first Mojo verse world, uh, Psylocke did have an interaction with Mojo, and 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 for a very long period of time, had lost her sight, and Mojo gave her like basically new eyes that were cameras that allowed him to see the entire. Hmm. So for like at least a couple years in before, before Betsy Braddock became an Asian woman, she had um, (laughs) robo eyes from Mojo. (laughs) Classic history of any character. Betsy Uh, Braddock has had some weird fucking comic history. Come on. Yes. Yes, she has. Um, so we also after we get that commercial, we meet Mojo, this just disgusting slug piece of shit. You know what? I got a lot of if anyone remembers any 90s kids remember Eon Flux. I got a lot of Eon Flux vibes. Yes, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I got a lot of those from Mojo and this whole episode. And Mojo being disgusting is pissed off because ratings are getting lower and toy sales are down for a long shot. But what I love is I feel like this character, the way he's represented in this episode at least, is of someone who's sick and tired of studio executives. This oh, is like yeah. really letting out some frustration oh, yeah. with studio is, executives. This is the X-Men writers being like, so we do have this Mojo character we can fuck around with and just letting loose on Fox Kids. Yeah. Or just studios in general. Probably frustration they've had with other companies and just like yeah, it was interesting. So eventually, Mojo is like main servant. Sorry, but again, Mojo has and in like Mojo has always been a like metaphor and yeah, yeah. broken mirror look at fucking our pop culture society. He was Black Mirror before it was Black Mirror. Not quite. Yeah, and in some ways, yeah, honestly, yeah, I he guess. was a cautionary tale. 
um, wants, obsession yeah. of entertainment and technology and everything. So yeah. his servant is like, well, sir, I found these other people in this universe. They can probably help us. Which again made me go mentally down a rabbit hole. I'm like, wait a minute, I forget our long shot spiral and um and dazzler not mutants, or were they retconned as mutants? First of all, no, they've de- they've uh they've always been mutants. They've always dazzler been mutants? especially. Dazzler because Dazzler's yeah, dazzler, not yeah. from yeah, Dazzler's existed well before like the she fact, was this like, episode though. She was one of the women in the beginning. She was, yeah, she in yeah. in her eighties get up too. Cause like yeah. at the time like I don't even know what she was doing in the comics in the early nineties. Cause she, I think she kind of disappeared because she was such a Claremont person that I think they wanted to get away from some of those, but like, yeah, when Longshot was on the team, Dazzler and Longshot used to be like a little on again, off again, romance shit too. So that was pretty, that was pretty fun. Now, can, but spiral. Can okay. Ask, so spiral yeah, is a mutant. She is a mutant. She is somebody I can read a, Fuck, I can't remember her name now. But she was a character that basically got sucked into the Mojo verse and like years later discovered became the the character we know as Spiral. But okay. I if I recall correctly, she is technically a mutant. And Longshot is a mutant. He is a mutant from the Mojo verse though. Okay, cool. So now that Mojo wants these people, he's going to take them. And Gene and Scott are at the mall shopping for a new TV. Love it. Love yeah, me course. some X-Men at the mall. Always. And then we <laughs> they're trying to buy a TV. And it's like, yeah, ours keeps breaking, which come on, Jubilee. Get con- it's been season two. Get control of your powers, please. And um, he's like, well, hey, we have a new thing, a remote control. Um, which did give me like quick flashbacks to when I, I had a TV in my room that I had two TVs growing up that had no remote control. We had to get up to click the button and all oh, that yeah, good me stuff. Too. Me I, too. I definitely got those flashbacks real quick. I even, I think our first TV had the knob you turn. Mm, yeah. We've had like, one of those before. Yeah. yeah. That, that was fun. Um, but brought back some fun memories of you getting cable by using a, a hanger and just putting it in the socket of the cable thing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> just like turning it the right way anyway Ugh, um so in, in the days. meantime oh go ahead the just the good old days yeah um in the meantime mode is like hey i'm gonna take you so get ready for to join my show and he's like no so scott starts just shooting lasers at every tv this poor salesman's like this is the worst day ever you're Dude, blowing up random tvs and so then, much overhead like yeah. just, there's so much damage and then um, Mojo starts shooting vague energy beams at Cyclops and Jean's like, please stop. And the rest of the X-Men get there and they're like, what's going on? And it's like, you're coming with me. And now they're on the Mojo verse channel, whatever. Thanks to Spiral, who like phases through the TVs. <laughs> Spiral, like all I kept thinking every time Spiral was on there is like, I forgot how much I enjoy Spiral as a character. But she also, is she just... has teleportation discs, if I remember correctly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't use them in this thing. <laughs> no, she just teleports, however. Shoots point. beams that teleport. Yeah. yeah. But, like, just as it, she's just, like, such, like, they did a really good job with her just, like, meh, attitude. Oh, yeah, like, sure, for sure. So good, so good. So now they're stuck in this this mojo arena, basically, before they start dealing with shit. And Mojo basically puts them through these very random trials. Like, uh, if I remember correctly, 
what was the first one? It was Storm and Cyclops on a high-speed boat chase with helicopters. Yeah, it was called Miami Mutants. And it was oh okay. I didn't it catch was that. basically right. Miami Vice. None of it looked at all like Miami. It was like some no. crazy like Mad Max two thousand and five. <laughs> but like, but weirdly, there was a there was a bridge that I'm like, I guess that could be the Julia. <laughs> it was more jarring for me because in the newest uh, sequel to Extraction, Extraction Two, there's amazing action sequence. With Chris Hemsworth with a giant machine gun on a boat shooting uh, a, a big helicopter, and the cinematography is perfect, and the visual effects are perfect. And I literally watched that like two days ago, oh, and wow. then I see this. Nice. <laughs> and hey, I'm man. just like, ah, how far we've come from this. They were they they were uh, they had their finger on the pulse then, and sadly, they still have their finger on the pulse now. Yeah. When it so, comes to our entertainment, and when it comes to our racism. Yes. So then, if I remember correctly, Hank and Jubilee are stuck on a spaceship fighting basically the brood. No, Jubilee was not there. Or she was momentarily, but then she wasn't okay. anymore. It was Rogue. It was Rogue? Okay. Um, yeah, and they had like, yeah, the brood attack, and then they fall into the sun. Yeah, exactly. They just fall into the sun. After. Well, first they almost get sucked out, <laughs> and then they just fall into the, the sun. The beast does, I believe, and then Rogue falls into the sun. Yeah. But their their ratings are so high now; they can't kill them off. The ratings are too high. So in the meantime, we see puts them in stasis. Yeah, and in the meantime, we see Longshot getting pissed off because people are taking his spot right now. And <laughs> apparently, Gene and Wolverine are gonna fight a different version of War Machine, basically. They look like alternate designs of War Machine from the nineties. Yeah, and then they morph into like. The Punisher, and yeah, Gladiator, the Gladiator, Punisher. Like, where's the frame of reference? Something like Android. I forget what that character was. Well, when I saw Punisher, I'm like, well, this is implying that he's been through this. Like, what's the frame of reference? And he just the- got he's got feelers out in all the dimensions. He like the same way they knew who the X Men were. Like, they just. So Let's see Braddock's recently... eyes. That's how. Exactly. So you've watched this more recently than I have. So can you take the second half of this or like the last bit of this? Because after they get back, I remember Longshot was trying to like fuck with everything. So here's what happens. <laughs> the X-Men are, are going into these battles and they're getting their asses handed to them because of course they are. It's yeah. it's a trap. Um, And and. My girl, Jean, she's like, oh, wait, this is all just like fake. This is all computer stuff. And so psychokinetic energy can affect computer stuff is basically what she says. Um, And she psychically slash telekinetically uh, starts fucking with the controls in uh, the control room. Simultaneously, Longshot shows up behind uh, a spiral, and as she's trying to like get like help because what's happened, he's like, "What if we don't get help?" And because Longshot's powers is everything just goes his way, (laughs) she's like, "Okay, yeah." And then they and then they like start dating because again, it's Longshot, and everyone just falls in love with Longshot, and like. 
they just like start flirting and they walk away and there's no one left to control. The X-Men break out of their stasis, beat the shit out of Mojo. And then uh, Longshot's like, hey, babe, get them out of here. And then Spiral just sends them back. And I don't know if we ever get in our Mojo episode. I don't know either. And like, that's wild that they're going to get back home and go, well, that happened. Okay. Want to do anything about it? Do we know if this is ever going to happen again? Like Mojo, <laughs> Mojo, we see Mojo alive at the end because he's like trying to like negotiate with Longshot still on like coming yeah. back. But like, yeah, that's a fucking wild ass episode. Wild episode, random. Like I said, like the idea that in re- in in their reality they're gonna get home and just go to sleep, <laughs> like. That's What's weird, ridiculous? even for superheroes. And then they get back, and like Gambit and Jubilee were like, "Where'd you guys just go?" And they're like, "Guys, we <laughs> got sucked into a television dimension. You're never gonna believe this. Where some fat slug put us <laughs> into these little simulated television shows where we died, we physically and mentally experienced death. Yep. And then we're put on stasis at that very moment, and then just some other jealous." person in this universe who wanted more attention and some disaffected employee <laughs> decided they they weren't going to listen to him anymore we got out and beat the shit out of him and then the same person who kidnapped us to bring us here was like deuces and sent yeah. us back that's what happened gambit how was your day how was your day <laughs> <laughs> like what <laughs> And then you look at Jubilee, like, Jubilee, what did you learn in school today? And Jubilee's like, not that. Like, <laughs> So I'm looking ahead a little bit. Next season, episode 10, is called Longshot. So okay. Something there. And I actually see Iceman on the picture. Okay, cool. Called Cold Comfort. There we oh, go. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, so-, uh, <laughs> so I give that episode... Ooh, I give it three three groups of X-Men experiencing death. <laughs> I will give it three nonchalant spiral arcs. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So next episode, guys, we'll be covering probably three comics and two episodes. It's a season finale of season two. So that will be fun called Reunion. Uh oh. Oh yeah, sorry. I didn't really cover what Xavier and Magneto were doing in the Oh yeah, episode. and then they're off in the Savage Land. We meet Sauron. He kid he kidnaps Shah Sh- what's her name? Shaana the She Devil sure. or She Devil character. I don't remember. I used to really like Savage Land shit. Um but yeah, Sauron kidnaps the She Devil of the Savage Land. So now uh if I remember correctly Kazar is going to be showing up and uh, it's going to be wild. It's going to get wild. Getting it wild, but also like there's a part I remember where they were captured again and Magneto and Xavier. Keep in mind, Xavier, a man who's not used his oh. legs in a very long time. Oh my time. God, yes, please. Thank With his you. arms tied behind his back, Magneto's like, I got an idea. Let's just jump in the water. And then they swim to shore with their arms tied behind their back. And their heads above water. So keep in mind, listeners, personally, I cannot swim, but I'm assuming it doesn't work that way. It, it is capable. You are capable of swimming with your legs, not yes. for long distances. I don't think that efficiently. Probably. 
and and also the core strength though it would take to be able to like do that with your head above the water on a rushing river yeah like no that doesn't happen you die <laughs> is what happens especially when you're a man whose legs have been atrophying for the last fucking 20 years yeah <laughs> and the and the other one is a holocaust survivor <laughs> so no they don't survive jumping into the river. Uh, with their this was that not funny, but I found that very. Funny. I mean, it's insane. He like this is the early nineties. He's still an old man. He is an old man still. Yeah, that's amazing. All right, guys. Um, thank you so much for listening, Josh. Where can they find man. you? All right, you can shoot. As mentioned, you can go to KrakoaRadio.com. You can find our issues, our episodes there. You can find our issues there too. I'm assuming <laughs> you can find our right issues. You can, yeah, you can find our issues right here on this podcast. Um, I'm on Twitter at xbrarian. It's librarian with an X. Or there's our email address of KrakoaRadio at gmail.com. Nick, awesome. You can find me at Madman3005 and give me all your fun theories, ideas, and feedback. We appreciate it. We truly do. And if you send an email and you got stuff you want to say to Nick, I'll make sure he gets it too. I, I'm the one who oversees the, the account, but I'll forward, I forward along stuff. So you can also reach him by email too. Yes. I, I listen when he talks sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, until then, we will see you X. Ex- <laughs>